Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Welcome to Sarah Beatboxes with Mabel and Sarah. (laughs) Where we practice beatboxing, but we're actually talking about birthy stuff. Yay! Today we're going to talk about Sarah's birth of her first child, Mayuna, Mm -hmm. who is now four and a little bit. Four and four months or something or other. She's a pretty great kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like from... I feel like pretty much a year before Mayuna was born, spirit was swirling around me. Like her spirit or just spirit in general? Well, actually it goes way back even before then. I forgot how long this story really was. All right, so let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> okay, rewind. Z and I had been together for just under a year and we got pregnant and um, we weren't planning it and we had plans to go to Peru in like a month and we were out on a road trip and basically we were just like, oh my God, what do we do? But we also felt pretty strongly, I think deep down that we wanted to have kids together. Um, anyways, we decided not to have the baby, but it was a long, difficult process to decide that. And when we were in that decision-making process, we had talked to this psychic lady and she basically said that the spirit of the baby told her that it would come back when we were ready. And also Z had a really strong connection with the spirit. And like he said that he saw it and it was these certain colors and like mm-hmm. he just felt really connected to it. I hadn't heard that part before. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was that. And then fast forward a couple of years, we went to Peru. We, you know. Gallivanted across the world. Yeah. <laughs> South America-ish. <laughs> and then uh, we moved to New York city and we were living at the golden drum and we went on a pilgrimage in well hold on let me rewind a little (laughs) bit again sorry in this process my grandfather was very old and kind of in the process of passing and I would go visit him every weekend I was really close with him and every time I was there I just had such a strong urge to tell him that I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and I was like why am I feeling this like I'm definitely not pregnant but I just wanted to tell him that And in my mind, I was like, do I just want to tell him this because he's passing and I know it'll like, make him happy that mm-hmm. just like to have this. I don't know. It just kept coming up like just out of me. And so then a few weeks later, we went on this pilgrimage to Guatemala. And while I was there, my period was late, my moon. And I was really regular. So for it to be late was very strange. And I took a pregnancy test and it was negative. And... I was trying to figure out what was going on. And so I met, we on our journey there, we met with some Mayan elder uh, medicine ladies and um, I was talking with them and I was like, can you, they were letting us ask questions. And so I just told them, you know, my moon is late and I don't know why. Do you have any 
you know, inclinations about it. And they mm-hmm. said, it's all emotional. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. interesting. So like four or five days later, I got an email from my mom that my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I got my moon mm-hmm. and he passed away on February 16th. And my was born February 10th, a year later. Mm-hmm. So I feel like already like in that moment, things were mm-hmm. spinning. Were you close with your grandfather when you were little or? No, I wasn't. Um, that when was, you were an adult, you were though? Well, because when my grandmother was still alive, I was really close with her mm. and he was just kind of like her, you know, in the background a little bit. And then when she passed away, this whole new relationship developed mm. with him. Which and this was is your mom's dad or? My dad's dad. dad's dad. Yeah. So that was really, really special. Okay. So he passed away. You got your moon. <laughs> I got my moon. Guatemala. I was not pregnant. And then fast forward a couple months, Z and I left the Golden Drum. We were traveling around trying to figure out where we were going to live. Then we came back to Ellenville to hang out here for a couple weeks. And we were just camping out, figuring out where we were going to live and what we were going to do. That's where we live now in upstate New York. Right. And we were in our friend's living room where we were staying. And he just like looked at me randomly and he's like, are you pregnant? And I was like, no. Wait, Z did or the friend? Z. Z just said that and I was like no why would you say that he's like I just had a feeling I'm like he's never (laughs) said that to me before I was like that's strange okay so then about a week later we were in a sweat lodge and I was crawling into the sweat lodge and I literally just had a vision which I don't use that word lightly like I think I could say that I've had a vision like a handful of times in my Mm -hmm. life and I just literally no 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 sorry sorry rewind again (laughs) didn't have the vision yet was crawling into the sweat lodge and just felt the spirit that I envisioned that Mm -hmm. spirit when I first got pregnant literally just enter my body into my womb and then can I ask what that felt like can you describe it more it was more it was more visual like I just saw Mm -hmm. myself like from above and like what I envisioned that spirit to look like what Z told me was like it was just like this purple and silver spiraling spirit that makes sense she's definitely a purple and silver spiral (laughs) yeah yeah and um yeah I just saw it enter me into my womb Mm -hmm. and I sat down and I was like okay that was crazy never had anything like that happen and then the next round I had the vision of I saw myself in the sweat lodge holding on to the poles giving birth Mm. and I was like okay something's happening here And so then I spoke up and I said, can I share something that's happening? And our elder, he said, I explained all of that. And he said, "Um, well, sometimes when a spirit, a child comes, they like to announce themselves. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Is he saying (laughs) what I think he's saying? Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to chill and see what happens in the next couple of days. And sure enough, like four or five days later, I, I guess my moon was late and I took the test and... There mm-hmm. she was. I also just wanted to share that I've heard him say that all children announce themselves before they come. Just some people notice it and some people miss the signs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we at this m- moment decided and felt ready to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And so but much. you're still living in your friend's living room or backyard? We were living in a tent. We lived in the tent until <laughs> I was five months pregnant. And oh. then at that point, I was like, we need our own house. <laughs> I cannot live here. The tent wasn't actually that bad, but uh-huh. I just like needed my own space to yeah. process it all. Um, 
my pregnancy was interesting. Wow. I haven't really thought too much about it, I guess, in this (laughs) way. But I remember feeling so vulnerable. Like, I think Mm. for so much of my adult life previous to being pregnant, like, I've just been, you know, seeing myself as just like strong and capable and like mm-hmm. I'm backpacking and I have a knife so like <laughs> totally don't mess with me because <laughs> I mean if it came to that point but just like I've never felt very vulnerable like I've always felt like if I was in danger that I could you know mm-hmm. defend myself and then just right away even even if no one knew from the outside I just mm-hmm. felt so vulnerable and like even walking on the street by myself mm-hmm. for too long, I just felt like I, I need, I want someone to buy me or something. Mm-hmm. So that was a big shift. It's kind of what I'm feeling right now. And also like working on the farm, I feel like I just can't do everything that I want to do. Like, oh, this 50 pound bag of chicken food needs to be dragged over here, but I need to ask help. Yeah. I'm not really good at asking for help. I'm usually, you know, I'm used to being very independent. So it's, it's an adjustment for me right now. It's Yeah definitely a big adjustment and will continue to be as <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a good thing to learn how to do mm-hmm. um so where was I oh yeah so I'm feeling vulner- very vulnerable and I remember having anger come up like there was a couple times where something happened where I remember one time I had mouthwash in my mouth and he like jumped on me and was playing around but I really didn't like it because mm-hmm. also for him, it was an adjustment that like you can't like yeah. wrestle me the way that we usually do. Like I feel fragile. Sarah and Z are very, very wrestling kind of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's usually how we get out our, uh-huh. our fights. Uh, well, it used to be. And I remember I couldn't we were in the tent, so I couldn't spit <laughs> it out to say, like, stop, get uh-huh. off me. And it took me a minute. I remember I felt mm. like I turned into a mama bear within like 10 seconds. And I just like pushed him off me and had to really restrain myself from like literally hurting him because I wow. just had this rage come through so fast that I was just like, yeah! mm. and I remember there was three times like that in a short period of time where I just like my fuse got so short so mm-hmm. fast. I mean, it was really intense. Can um, I ask, do you think that was more like related to the physical and hormonal shifts that you were going through or more to the spirit of the baby that was in you? Because I remember mm-hmm. some of our friends saying, you know, we have this one friend who's super calm and peaceful and gentle. And she said when she was pregnant, she just wanted to like wrestle and throw mm-hmm. things at people and tackle people. Not like in a mean way necessarily. She was just much more physically aggressive and assertive. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's about the spirit of the baby coming through or just the mother's personal process. Yeah. Or like them coming together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think it felt like more of my process mm-hmm. and less of her. Um, yeah. And I think there was just a lot of stuff that I was clearing that mm-hmm. was mine. Because I also remember feeling really sad for a couple of weeks and just crying mm-hmm. a lot. And like, I, I didn't know why, but I just, I don't know. It was, which I'm not usually no. that type of person. But there was just a lot. And I couldn't really identify it, but I just was kind of letting it flow. It's great that you had the space and presumably Z gave you the space and held that space for you to experience 
all the emotions that you needed to experience? Well, I think maybe that's why it felt so difficult is because mm-hmm. our living situation was like, even though I had a tent, the house that we were staying at was very busy and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had the space. And so mm-hmm. there was a couple times that I was like, I'm just going to the forest and getting eaten by mosquitoes. But like, I just need <laughs> to be out here right now. Uh-huh. And then, and then once we got our own place there, I felt a huge shift. So yeah, I think whatever it takes for you to get that space is mm-hmm. essential. And I That's think That's why I hang out in the greenhouse. All the time. <laughs> yeah. And just like not judging it too because I think for me I was like what is happening? Like this is just mm. so not me. I feel so weird. And just trusting it, I guess. Mhm. Um yeah. So, let's see what else happened. Then we started to find a midwife at some point and I was playing with the idea of wanting to do a free birth. You'd already studied some birth? Yeah. Yeah. I had been enrolled in the Ancient Art of Midwifery like home study program and I did a year. So I was aware of Mm -hmm. some things and I already like had a mindset, an idea of like what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I knew I definitely wanted to give birth at home. And yeah, I liked the idea of doing a free birth. That kind of freaks me out. Mm. And um, so I was like, okay, well, let's see what kind of midwives there are around here. And for context, we're in a very rural place. There's not yes. a lot of anything close by. Yeah. Yeah. So the first lady I met, she was like, I don't believe in free births. And I was like, all right, not my lady. <laughs> see you later. Because even if she were to be your midwife and you wouldn't be doing a free birth you would want your midwife to be someone who understood right i just wanted to be on the same page i wanted her to be on the same page and like Mm -hmm. belief system that if a woman wanted to give birth on her own then she could Mm -hmm. and that would be okay and at that time she wasn't into that and that felt really important for me Mm -hmm. too for her to be that and then i met jenna and i talked to her about it and she was like yeah if if you want a free birth <laughs> that's you know uh-huh do your thing and i was like cool i think you're my lady and it's funny that that was like your test yeah that was i want to have a free birth and if you support it will you be my midwife? yes yes, yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it was uh-huh. <laughs> you got it um she was awesome and just like right away i feel like we fell in love with each other mm-hmm. and yeah, everything was really pretty smooth with pregnancy. I had a lot of heartburn. That was difficult. And I finally figured out a couple of things to help with that. Papaya enzymes. Papaya right? enzymes. And also someone told me like not to drink water after you eat for two hours. Two hours. Wow. Yeah, which is a long time when you're mm-hmm. pregnant and thirsty. <laughs> so I'd have Fair to make enough. sure. But it helped a lot. And I think that was just to not dilute the digestive mm-hmm. enzymes. So I would have to make sure I drank a lot of water before I ate. And then, of course, like after I ate, I'd be like, oh, so Thursday, I want something to drink. And then uh-huh. I'd have to space it out. And then I'd drink a lot of water. And then he also going two hours without. It was, uh-huh. yeah, a schedule thing to get it all scheduled out. Anyways, um, I definitely had a fair amount of back pain when I was pregnant with her. And... Knowing now what I know then, knowing. Knowing then what I know now. Uh, yeah. If I knew then what I know yeah. now. There we go. <laughs> I wish I had seen a chiropractor. Mm. Um, but I muscled through it. And yeah, one thing that I love so much about Jenna was like, she told me from the beginning, she was like, I trust you. Mm. 
And like a lot of the things that you're suggesting, like I wanted to give birth in the sweat lodge. She was like, I've never done that. I personally do not like sweat lodges. <laughs> I find them extremely uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And like the whole idea is really on edge for me. Mm-hmm. But I trust you and I want to support you. And like that mm-hmm. just was so special to me. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm trying to convince her to come out of her time. I know. I know. You better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the pregnancy that was important in sharing i'd love to hear about if you had any more connections or communication with the spirit of the baby i remember having a number of dreams of seeing her face and just like feeling so much love Mm. and just like oh my gosh that beautiful face um but nothing else that was super super clear and i remember like certain people asking me and and feeling bad that I didn't have like mm-hmm. an answer and then I was like oh, I'm not spiritual no I don't <laughs> I'm not like getting all these messages uh-huh. which I think is also funny um yeah it's definitely funny yeah but you didn't you didn't have any ultrasounds or anything so you didn't know the gender yeah I felt like it was a girl but I didn't mm-hmm. know for sure and yeah I didn't do any testing Maybe she did a group B strep test. I can't remember. Or swab or whatever. But, yeah. So, the plan was to give birth in the sweat lodge. I remember on... My due date was February 4th. And I had my friend Joanna come down, who's pregnant right now and due in July. I'm so excited. Um, (laughs) She came down two weeks ahead of time and helped out and fed me. And our other good friend was around. And... The day of my due date, we went on a big hike wow. and it was snowing. There was snow on the ground. We were hiking up these mountains and like we were up and we were about to go like back down some crazy trail. And I was like, you guys, <laughs> I, it's probably not a good idea. I might like have a baby any minute. So we should probably go home. Wow. They're like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. I remember feeling so sore. Like my ligaments just felt like Laffy Taffy and just like mm. so loose and sensitive and sore in my whole pelvic region like I felt like if I like gumbo like if someone wanted they could just like bend my legs up to my ears mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it felt like Gumby? yeah that's what I meant to gumbo say is a dish. <laughs> yeah Gumby <laughs> um did you find anything that helped you relieve that or it was just like that I just had to take end? it easy mm-hmm. yeah I didn't and that's not necessarily one of your strengths no mm no, I was trying to walk a lot every day, which I did. I was pretty religious about my walking, mm-hmm. which people say that helps a lot in labor. I don't know if it, I mean, I'm sure it did. I, I want to say it helped, yeah. but <laughs> my labor was like a pretty standard, like 14 hours or something. Anyways, so yeah, um, I went into labor six days later, I guess, seven, six, five. <laughs> and I remember it was so funny because these friends... Andrew, dear brother, every day he would come home and he's like, is your cervix ripening yet? <laughs> I was like, no, That's it's not. Cute. And I remember Joanna that day, she was like, just when he gets home, just tell him yes. So he just shuts up and stops <laughs> asking you. I was like, okay. So he came home and sure enough, that was the night I went uh-huh. into labor. But uh, your cervix was probably ripening Yes, it probably time. was. <laughs> 
So we made dinner and I remember so distinctly like just cleaning up and we're like, let's watch the Eagle Huntress tonight. And we're sitting, I'm standing by the stove and I just felt like that first feeling in my belly. And I was like, wait a minute, that does not feel like what I've been feeling before. And I was mm-hmm. like, that. Steve was like, what? I was like, something feels different. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, I felt it again. And then like 20 minutes later, I felt mm-hmm. it again. And then from there on, it was just straight, straight on through to the other side. And um, yeah, then I just was laboring and laboring and everyone went to bed. Yes. Z went to bed. And that was kind of rough because mm. in I felt, you know, they were just pretty consistent from then on. To me, it felt like they were every five to seven minutes mm-hmm. and no one was around and it was dark. And um, Joanna woke up at one point and she sang to me and that felt really, Aww. really sweet. And I was just glad. I guess she was dozing in and out and watching me on the couch, which was nice. And I remember at one point he woke up in his sleep. He he just he yelled. He was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "What is happening? Why are you saying that?" And I feel like I don't remember if this is what he told me or this is what I feel. But like it to me, it just felt like he was feeling like all the karma and everything of like a mm-hmm. spirit coming into a body and just mm-hmm. like, yes, it's so beautiful, but it's also like. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. that comes with that. And I I think that's what he was feeling. Anyways, um, at one point, Joanna was like, do you want to go outside and look at the moon? It was a full moon. Uh, a lunar eclipse and a comet was passing by. Whoa. And the comet's name was P45. And the only reason <laughs> I remember that is because for like the f- we didn't have a name for Mayuna for like the first month. And right after she was born, the midwives were like, so do you guys have any name ideas? And we're like, P45? <laughs> they just looked at us like, all right, we thought you guys were weird before, but that just pushed it over the edge. Uh-huh. And we had these like special crayon marker things and they were like, welcome P45 on our glass <laughs> door, our front entry door. Did you ever tell them that you were joking? Or I think they figured it out. Okay. I think we told them. Anyways, it was hilarious. But yes, yeah, special night. So I went out to the moon and the moon was so beautiful and that was, it was so refreshing to be in the cold air and I, it really brought me a lot of peace and serenity to just like see the glow and the presence of the moon. I would have stayed out there a lot longer but our neighbors across the street were drunk and cursing and yelling oh. and it just like totally disrupted my, ruined the vibe. really ruined the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if they can hear me laboring over here. <laughs> And my my laboring technique was was pretty awesome and just felt super intuitive and natural. And that was me just pretty much like doing these deep squats and breathing. I've seen videos. And <laughs> yeah. It's very athletic. Yeah, I just I'm yeah pretty impressed with myself how many hours I was doing these squats. But for some reason, it really helped me. And I would just like mm-hmm. start my hands up at my hips and like rub them down my knees and then back up mm-hmm. and just kind of like giving myself these leg massages. And it was really great. And um, can I ask you if you remember particularly any of the songs that Joanna sang? Mm-mm. Not at all. <laughs> Do you just remember the feeling of it? There was a couple songs, rainbowy songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wish she had sang more to me. I probably I don't think I asked her to, but mm. that's something that I would love to bring into practice as a doula or a birth worker or a midwife, whatever I'm gonna do someday. 
It's something I feel a little nervous about, though. Like, what if I sing a song and somebody doesn't like it? They will let you know. <laughs> Remember Brooke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get her on a podcast one day to tell yeah. the story of her birth. Yeah, definitely. And yes, so I went back inside. I remember probably around five or six in the morning, I saw the sunrise coming and I just was feeling like, well, no, no, before the sunrise came, feeling so tired and feeling so frustrated. Like, I just mm. want to sleep and I can't sleep. Because you had been laboring pretty solidly for yeah. like 12 hours or 10 hours or something. Yeah, it was probably Less. more like, it was probably more like eight or something. But yeah, it was... Yeah, I just wanted to rest yeah. and it was it didn't feel like I could rest. Uh-huh. And then the sun came and that was really reassuring. Mm. And cuz I I think it kind of felt like a, it felt like a very long night. Endless night. <laughs> the endless night. And everyone woke up and they went and got the lodge ready and Joanna called Jenna and Jenna came over and she was just like, "Yeah, you're doing great. Keep going, mama." <laughs> She was like, do you want me to check you? And I said, well, what if you check me and I'm not that far along and I get really discouraged? And she was like, that's fair. Yeah. She was like, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I was like, okay, check me. She was like, yeah, you're about six. We should probably head up there to the lodge, mm-hmm. which was like, like a five, seven minute drive. Ten. I'd say ten. And so the we got. Are off. <laughs> <laughs> got in the car and I got in Joanna's car who drives so slow. <laughs> Like, no matter what the situation, she drives, uh-huh. like, 30 miles an hour. And Why she, didn't Z drive? I don't know. There so Z fast. goes so much faster. I think it feels so much slower, too, because he's such a fast driver. Uh-huh. So we get in, and she's driving so slow, and I'm like, Joanna, please go a little faster. Were you in the front seat of the car? I was in the front. Just I don't even remember there? Z being there. I think he must have been <laughs> in the back seat. I don't know where he was. Uh, what was the question? You were just, like, sitting there for the ride? Yeah. Is comfortable enough? Yeah, more or less. And we got there, and um, yeah, I went straight into the lodge, took off my clothes. They brought in some stones and warmed it up. And that was really nice because then at that point, it was just pretty much me and Z in the lodge for Mm. a while. And Jenna really gave us our space. And he sang to me, and that was great. And I think I got in out of the tub, but every time I went in the tub, I felt like it was slowing things down and I mm-hmm. did not want it to slow down. I was like, let's <laughs> just do this. Uh-huh. So you had a tub in the lodge. Yeah. And it was really cold outside, but it was yes. warm in the lodge and warm in the tub. Yes. Yes. There was snow outside. Just logistically, how did you keep the tub warm? I think we didn't fill it up for a while. And I think they were bringing heavy pots hot- of boiling water. Yeah. Wow. I think so. We had it connected right to the hot water heater. I don't know. Stayed. And I think okay. being in the lodge, the yeah. lodge being warm, I think that just helped. And we had a heated blanket on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then at one point, I remember like Z go get Jenna. Like I'm, I want something to change. I just felt mm-hmm. like I've reached something. She came in and she said, "Do you want me to check you again?" And I said, "Sure." And she said, "Yeah, you're ten centimeters." And I can't remember if she said, okay, I can't remember if she said, do you want to push or you can push if you want to or something. There was something like that. Like the P Uh word came into (laughs) the conversation. And I remember up until that point, I felt so connected to my body and just like so in tune and, you know, like, yeah, the contractions were hard, but like I was just working Mm -hmm. on through it and it wasn't not an issue. 
And I think, but I never felt the urge to push. And she at some point suggested it. I was like, okay, I guess I'll try. I didn't even know what I was doing because mm-hmm. I didn't felt the feel the urge. And she yeah. was like, push like it has like you have to go poop. I was like, okay. At some point, shortly after the water broke, which was exciting. Shortly and, after you tried pushing. Yeah. And then from there, things got really difficult. Mm. And I felt just super disconnected to my body. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Compared to how I felt before, uh-huh. I felt disconnected. And like, I was trying to listen to her. When do I push? When do I breathe? Am I pushing hard enough? Was she like guiding you through it? Yeah. She, you know, she was definitely mm-hmm. like, okay, push, push, push a little more. Mm. And And do you think she was doing that because you seemed like you needed it? Or that's... I, just what she felt comfortable with i don't know mm. um yeah i don't know i never really talked to her about it mm-hmm. and also another a back off midwife came her name was whitney and i remember yeah just that part part felt so long and i remember just feeling really frustrated and like i wasn't getting anywhere and at one point, I think I blacked out because everything I just I don't remember going away, but I remember coming back huh. and I had this memory of like, where the F am I? Who are all Whoa. these people? What is happening? And I was like, OK, Sarah, you need to put this together quick. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to freak out. And I just had to breathe and remember what was happening. Otherwise, I felt like I was just going to wow. have a full on. I don't know what. So so this whole time you were pushing, I don't really know how to explain this, but like more mentally instead of with your body? No, I feel like I was. You were feeling the urge to push at that point? But I just don't think I was pushing in the right place. Mm. Like, I feel like maybe it was more just me holding my breath and I don't mm-hmm. know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you as a very independent and this is the way I'm going to do things. So this is the way I'm going to do things kind of woman. Uh-huh. Why do you think in that moment of transition as you could call it you were so like susceptible to that suggestion of hers to push and why that threw you off so much I think I was just feeling like all right I'm ready I'm ready for this to be over Uh (laughs) and like if this is what's gonna make it be shorter then I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do it and I guess in reality I was only pushing for like an hour and a half which Mm -hmm. according to the books that's not really that long um so yeah after I had that moment of I was screaming a lot too (laughs) (laughs) oh and a very beautiful thing is everyone was outside of the fire singing and dancing around the Mm. sweat lodge and I remember Jenna saying just listen listen your whole community is here supporting you Mm. and they love you so much and you have yeah and they have you have their strength and I remember hearing Andrew and he did this freestyle song and it was so beautiful and I loved it so much. And Aww. out of everything, like I was in and out of hearing them, but I heard that and I was just, it was so special. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was Chaga? really, yeah, that was really beautiful. I mean, like she was, her verbal encouragement, just like in terms of that was really lovely. And I, and I really loved that part of it. Jenna's. Yes. Just not the pushing part. Um, yeah. And then... I remember her saying, like, just one more push and the head's going to be here. And I was like, how many times are you going to say that? Is it really going <laughs> to, like, you've said that so many times? 
Um, and then I felt her hair, which I didn't know was her head because she had so much hair that it just uh-huh. felt so weird and like <laughs> a, l- a little bit lumpy. And she was like, no, that's her hair. She just, that's her head. I was like, oh my God, okay. Mm-hmm. And so at you this point, at point. this point, I was in the tub, kind of in this like standing, squatting position, holding on to someone's hands, kind of mm-hmm. leaning back and Z squatting underneath me. And was he also in the tub? Yes, he was in the tub. <laughs> figure out how this all <laughs> He worked. was in the tub with me. And I I had a big contraction and I just thought to myself, I don't care if I tear or what happens. Like, I want this baby out of me. <laughs> and I just like pushed with all my might and her head just popped right out. And it mm-hmm. felt like something ripped, but it didn't. And then one more push and she flew out of me. And she had a very short cord and Z did not know <laughs> to be super uh-huh. close. He was down low. And so she dropped and her cord snapped. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing Jenna say like cord snapped. And I looked down and I saw just this dangling cord and I grabbed Whoa. the cord and I yelled like clamp, get a, get a clamp. Mm-hmm. And someone got a clamp. They clamped my side and then they clamped her and then everything was pretty chill. And then I turned around and unfortunately, <laughs> um, the person who was supposed to be taking the pictures got very distracted or the phone oh, died no. or something happened. And we have like lots of pictures of me laboring and like mm-hmm. and videos too. a two second clip of the moment she mm-hmm. was born. But it's really sweet because you just hear me say, you're here. <laughs> and then you see her little face in the dark. So Do you think he was embarrassed about dropping her? I think a little bit. <laughs> and I think he just said many times, she's like, they didn't tell me that I had to be so close. And like, uh-huh. I didn't know she was going to, I just didn't know I had to be right there. Yeah. I think that was hard for him. I mm. think he felt bad about that. I guess that's a good lesson for papas or people yeah. who want to catch their own babies. Yeah. Put your hands right up close. Mm-hmm. I was at one birth as a doula in a hospital and the dad wanted to catch the baby and the mom was like, I think on her hands and knees on the bed mm-hmm. and the baby came out and it was just so slippery that he kind of dropped it right under the bed. <laughs> it was a very short drop and I don't think anybody noticed it, but <laughs> I had to stop myself from cracking up. <laughs> yeah, they're slippery for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. And I, I'm, I've known for having pretty short cords. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that then, but we know now. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think that immediate snapping of her cord affected either your bonding or her entrance into the world yeah i've been thinking about this a lot lately because well we'll get to it on another podcast but she had a pretty interesting and difficult breastfeeding situation that lasted for many months and i think that probably had something to do with it Mm. she was a pretty demanding baby which i didn't know any different so i I just Mm -hmm. was like all right this is how babies babies do Luckily, I didn't have any other ones to take care of. So I was Uh able to just be with her, which is great. But I notice now she is very, she can have moments of totally freaking out if I am away for a second. Mm. Like if it's, if we're prepared and we talk her through it, it's fine. But for example, if we're in the car and I need to run inside for a Mm -hmm. second to grab something, she will not, uh uh-uh, she freaks out. Whereas, you know, I was like, all right, I'll see you in five minutes. Yeah. So I, and I always wondered why does she do that? And I feel like that's connected because to mm. me, it's just like this, this sudden disconnection mm-hmm. and that's, what's really triggering for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think situations like that. Mm. Is there anything that you have done either when she was newborn or now that she's older that you would like to do to kind of work on that and help her heal that? 
Well, I think what we did when she was breastfeeding and how I healed the breastfeeding situation, I think helped just mm-hmm. like the release of those emotions. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what, if there's what else on another, what other tools would help with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure talking to her about it. Cause I don't know. I think I've told her that her cord snapped, but. Can't Has remember. she seen the video of her birth? Well, the two second one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she has. Mm. I mean, Mayu loves birth videos and she'll look at birth photos for a long time. She went to the yeah. dentist the other day and she was freaking out afterwards. And I think Sarah just put on some yeah. birth She's videos. Like, I just want to watch some birth videos. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I think, you know, of all children, she would be really receptive to talking about her birth and yeah. exploring Definitely. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, she came out, we're in the water, cords are clamped, at some point we got out, I was really exhausted, I feel like I couldn't really hold her, Mm. she was right next to me holding her, but like, I I didn't feel like I physically had the strength for the first little bit, and then I ate some pineapple, (laughs) (laughs) it was really good pineapple, that sounds great, yeah, and then at some point we got in the car, and what she about was the a, placenta? The placenta. I don't remember too much. The placenta oh. was born quickly. Oh, yes. That was another thing that I didn't love. Was she was bored. I was feeling crampy, um, you know, moments after. Mm-hmm. And I think Z was holding her in the water at this point. And Jenna was like, yep, yeah, that's probably your placenta coming. And she pulled on my cord. And I mm-hmm. was like stop doing that (laughs) you said that yeah i said Uh stop doing that i don't want you to do that and i pushed her hand away i was like um hello i Uh thought you knew that i would not be into that which i've seen a lot of midwives do yeah definitely um a lot i guess the theory is like it's just helping it along there's no yeah yeah she's like well it's already detached it's probably Mm -hmm. just hanging out in there and i was like okay well even if it is is there a reason that we need to get it out right now so this is why I really am excited to teach people in our course about placenta birth and yeah how they can just do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Which like if I wanted to pull on it myself and I feel like it was attached, mm-hmm. I think that's a totally different thing. Yeah. Or if she had talked to me about it, she didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. She just started pulling on it. And I was like, whoa, what are you, what's happening? Mm-hmm. We This wasn't discussed. Yeah. I feel like there should be no points in a labor where a woman's like, what are you doing to mm-hmm. me? Yeah. I just, yeah, it gets my goat. I know. So, yeah, I think she stopped. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I think she stopped and then I pushed, just pushed it out myself and yeah, came out, went in the little tray. Was, then I just paid attention to the baby. It was, <laughs> I didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then we bundled her up. And we went home and she fell asleep and I just remember driving home in the car and like just the most peaceful Mm -hmm. bundle in the world. And I got home and I took a shower and I laid in bed and Andrew made me some golden milk with some raw goat's milk from the goat milk lady. That's so sweet. (laughs) So sweet. I was like, I I told you I love him so much. (laughs) 
and I she remember get him back here. Yeah, I remember laying down and she fell asleep on my chest, and I just took the deepest, most amazing sleep of my life. Mm. And she slept for a long time. And I was she breastfed at all at that point? Mm, I think she did a couple little suckles in the sweat lodge. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I remember just waking up and feeling her on my chest and just like that moment of realizing that the baby's out of you mm-hmm. and not inside of you anymore is like, wow. And especially waking up to it was just so mm-hmm. profound. And it was difficult getting her to breastfeed. She just was like, search for the nipple, search for the nipple, search for the nipple. And I'm like, it's right here in your mouth. Just like <laughs> clamp down and suck. Mm-hmm. And I remember many nights being up with a headlamp and I remember wondering a like headlamp yeah because I needed help mm-hmm. seeing where her mouth was and like it was it was difficult mm-hmm. again I didn't know so I was like I know we got to work hard at this so mm-hmm. just gonna work hard at this and be persistent and patient and I was <laughs> I guess this is a sneak pre sneak preview of our yeah Sarah's breastfeeding adventure yeah podcast yeah and I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't care what position I'm in. I just want her to nurse. So I'd mm-hmm. finally get her to latch in this super awkward position. And then I'd be really uncomfortable. And that led to all sorts of achy shoulder mm-hmm. back issues. Mm-hmm. So, folks, get yourself in a comfortable position. <laughs> get yourself a good nursing pillow. I remember people telling me, like, thinking about getting nursing pills. And I was like, that's just like one don't of those consumer those things. things. I don't need that. <laughs> but then I tried one and I was like, wow, this is actually really helpful. Uh-huh. I like the my breast friend one. That's is that the one. one you had with Cielo? Yeah. It like clips on and you can tighten it and it actually stays put versus like one of those ones so that just, just hangs. you walk around with like a shelf on your belly? Yes. Really <laughs> sexy. <laughs> but it works. Uh-huh. It helps a lot. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the postpartum time with Maya? Yeah, so I had taken Rochelle Saliga, Salia Garcia's um, NH Traditions postpartum course when I was pregnant with my the previous fall, which changed my life. It was mm. so amazing. So I, so um, luckily, just got such a great understanding of the importance of the postpartum time. And my best friend, Paonia, who lives in Asheville, also took it. And so I had contacted her and we made a plan for her to come up after the baby was born. And that was amazing. Like, mm. Wow. Every woman deserves that. And I just I'm still eternally grateful for her. She just mm. treated me like a queen. Um, so, yeah, she came up like two or three days after Mayu was born. Which, thank goodness, because Joanna was around and she helped, but she was exhausted. And I think she was Mm -hmm. also just, like, kind of ready to go home. And Z, God bless him. I love him, (laughs) but that is just, like, not his strength. Uh He's like, I want to work on this house and get it done so we can live in it. (laughs) And that was hard for me. Um, And I, at the time, I was like, I don't want my mom around I was in a different place with her. and Now she lives in a trailer in your front yard. <laughs> now she lives with us. But then I was like, I don't want you here, mom. Uh-huh. And I think that really hurt her feelings. But Aww. she respected it. And so, yeah, Peony came and she gave me a massage every day. Wow. And she cooked me amazing food. And she got me my yoni steams and my sits baths. And mm-hmm. just was like, 
there by my side every minute just like I'm I didn't even have to tell her what I want she was just like are you ready for your warm tea <laughs> just warm tea not warm tea right warm w-a-r-m fair enough <laughs> um yeah so she was there for two weeks was this amazing and mm-hmm. then after two weeks I was like god bless me what do yeah, I do what? now like two weeks was not enough mm-hmm. and I was alone actually a decent amount because mm-hmm. nobody from the community came by they did a little bit but at that point so many mm-hmm. people were still living in the city mm-hmm. and Kira was up here with the kids you know but she was pretty busy with her her kiddos and mm-hmm. um yeah Z was working on the house every day and Maggie would come up for like a couple days at a time and that was really your sister re- Maggie yes my little sister Maggie that was really helpful and I would mm-hmm. just always beg her to stay longer like mm-hmm. please just stay with me because yeah there was definitely days where I was just home alone with the baby which yeah now that sounds nice but <laughs> <laughs> it was um it was hard and I didn't have a car mm-hmm. I lived in kind of a weird neighborhood and at that point, you were only, like, three weeks after giving birth. Yeah. Like, cooking for yourself. And yeah. Oh, and so here's another thing. This is, like, a piece that I'm still working out and is sparking so much uh, inspiration for me, is I started feeling prolapse shortly after she was born. And what I had learned at Rochelle's is in the training is like you need to lay and rest and like don't pick Mm -hmm. anything up heavier than your baby and I stuck to that pretty firm that's great for like not that long though (laughs) maybe six weeks Uh and I was like six weeks is up all right here we go and I remember shoveling and feeling it and I was like I need to stop like I could feel Mm -hmm. the prolapse which is such a terrible feeling if Mm -hmm. anyone's felt it before it just feels like you know when you have a tampon and it's like hanging out and it's just like this mm-hmm. kind of like heavy weird feeling Dragging in your yoni? Kind of. Yeah. It's just like this heavy feeling and when you know okay there's like organs that are not being supported and, yeah. are, and mentally it's very distressing. So the reason I bring that up is because I'm still having feelings like that here and there and I'm... Now that you gave birth to your third child almost a year ago? Yeah. Yeah, and there's been lots of things. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> That's totally a whole other podcast. Prolapse or CLS yeah, birth? Both. Okay. Um. Anyways. We're just making a lot more work for ourselves here. <laughs> the point is, you should rest anyways. I remember writing mm-hmm. to my midwife, and she was like, it's normal. I knew that was wrong. Not normal that. and common are different. It's common for women to feel it. It mm-hmm. is not normal. And she was like, "It's a, it'll go away. Just do a couple Kegels. Er, no, again, no, no, not no. the answer. And luckily at that point, I had known both uh-huh. of those things were incorrect. So I didn't do Kegels and I knew it wasn't normal, but I started seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yay. Anyways, whole other podcast, but that kind of helped. find a pelvic floor physical therapist to interview. Yeah, we could interview her. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple actually. Um, yeah, I remember like mentally, I think luckily I didn't have very many other responsibilities Mm -hmm. and that felt so good to just not be stressed about having to take care of other things. And I remember I told myself, okay, around 40 days, like, you know, maybe you could start working on your 
school, which was just like go at your own pace situation uh-huh. or whatever things I thought I had to do. <laughs> and I remember I'd start and be like, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> like how this just feels impossible. Oh, uh-huh. I was trying to start my postpartum doula business and I had this business coach guy. And uh-huh. I remember writing him an email and being like, I don't think I can do this right now. And he was like, yes, you can. And he was trying to talk me into it. And uh-huh. I was like, no, like I just don't. I just do not feel like it's possible. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel consumed by taking care of this little person. Yeah, I just had a conversation with my partner a little bit like that because I was supposed to start school in September to get all the prerequisites done for applying for the nursing school. But now it's like, well, do I want to be in my second semester of full-time college right after I've had a baby? Not really. He's like, yeah, you can do it. And I was like, but I don't want to. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to. Yeah. And it's really amazing that I can choose not yeah. to do that. And I really feel for the people who can't choose whatever responsibilities they have to pick mm. back up after having a baby. Yeah. I really, really feel for them too. And I feel like that's part of my life mission is to help so people can have options. And also just so they can feel like this is such a huge priority Mm -hmm. that you can rest and that you can say no I don't want to do that right now and Mm -hmm. be able to and to just focus on yourself and the baby because it's it's so huge especially if your baby is a demanding one or fussy or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's to me it's like night and day going from not having this little child to having this I can't even imagine yeah I'm glad you're gonna be there for me though Sarah me too but I think yeah of course I think that's a whole other thing to talk about is how people can arrange for enough support after because like you said you had someone who was dedicated there for two weeks and not not everyone can find that person but how you can kind of piece together the care that you're going to need for this first couple weeks Mm -hmm. we have four babies coming up in the next well in a span of what is it four months or something three months Mm -hmm. in the fall and the winter so we're gonna have to really figure out how to dial in our postpartum care scheduling yeah Yeah, i will say that luckily two of those well two maybe three of those women have mamas their own mothers Mm -hmm. who are coming to stay and I feel like at this point, going back, I might have had my mom come and help. Mm-hmm. But that's very much a personal thing because if it's more, if you don't have a good relationship with whoever that person is, I, it can almost be more stressful. Yeah. I mean, I would say especially during the birth, but yeah. postpartum too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But maybe we'll update you on our super dialed in really epic postpartum care schedule Mm -hmm. once we've made it yes yeah trying to think is there anything else i guess i just wanted to ask if you feel like there were any like major lessons or things that came through for you about this birth in particular Hmm. well I think one thing is that I like for with the relationship with Jenna, for example, and the and like a few things that I was not happy about. Mm -hmm. Um, looking back, I don't know if we talked about those things, and I think there Mm -hmm. was just so many things that we had talked about, and I felt so in alignment with her Mm -hmm. 
that I just had assumed like, oh, like she's like, we're, we're we got this, we got this, we got this. And mm-hmm. so, so um, that means that everything else I want will line up with the right. way she practices. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that was definitely a lesson. Um, Hmm. I feel like there's still a part of me that wishes that Z was still like more present for me afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe if I had been able to talk to him ahead of time Mm -hmm. and just like be really clear, like, hey, this is the way I want you to be here for me Mm -hmm. and and our new child together. And like, can you do that? And like kind of having some more clear agreements Instead of just like hopes and expectations and like really mm-hmm. getting whoever that person is in your life to, yeah, agree to that in, in like a really clear way. Mm-hmm. And in a good way too. Hopefully they want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, again, I feel like part of the piece that we can bring is helping to people, help people understand like why that is, why that is a priority, like. Mm-hmm. Is it more important to get this house finished or is it more important to like spend a couple hours mm-hmm. with this newborn baby in your... Well, you do have a beautiful house now. But yeah, God, but I'm so <laughs> thankful for the house. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's hard. And that's why like, I'm, that was a real mm-hmm. question. Like, what's more important? So that's one thing. Hmm... Any other words of wisdom or advice based on this experience? I think another thing was that while I was pregnant, there I remember g- taking naps and setting timers for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you can only nap for this long. <laughs> and now I'm like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> I had nothing to do. It was uh-huh. just in my head like, you can't be lazy. You can only take a nap for this uh-huh. long. And again, I'm like, gosh, like if you can take a long nap Mm -hmm. just let yourself and you know that might be the only like just give yourself the permission slip to Mm -hmm. (laughs) really rest and take super good care of yourself because it might not be so easy (laughs) again two or three of them (laughs) yeah totally um almost ready for a nap now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i think that's that's all that's really coming right now Mm -hmm. We should have Mayu on the podcast. Oh, for sure. She would have so much to say about all this. That's such a great idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mayu loves to. We have a pregnant friend, Stephanie, and she'll just snuggle with Stephanie's belly for hours. And she'll build Stephanie forts and say it's her birthing lodge. And she's going to call the midwife. And and Mayu's going to be her postpartum. And Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, this birth that we're talking about is of Mayu, Mayuna. So uh, I guess I can tell a little bit about how we came to her name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she ended up being a girl, like I suspected. And the midwife... Does he have any suspicions about her gender? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I think he always just went along with whatever I said. <laughs> um, and I remember the midwife said, you have one month to file the birth certificate. I was uh-huh. like, okay, we've got it. this month deadline like, <laughs> to name this child. And I remember like pouring over names and searching everything on the internet and were you calling her p49 or whatever that p45 she had so many (laughs) nicknames chestnut piglet duckling babe baby i feel like should we had more i really like chestnut that's pretty cute (laughs) cute. but yeah i just 
was searching on every baby name website I could find. Mm-hmm. And then finally I searched like Aboriginal names or something and I found Mayuna and I was like, wow, that's really beautiful. And yeah, it just stuck with me. And then Joy, because I was just so deep in mm. baby love bliss. I was like, you bring me so much joy. <laughs> she was, even though she was demanding, she was really cute and smiley and giggly. Yeah. And that's how she got her name. Mayuna Joy. Mayuna Joy. Yep. Well, I guess anything else you'd like to share or is that about wrap it all up? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, Yeah. Hopefully this sparks some questions and curiosity for all you mamas and mamas-to-be. And if you have anything you want to put in the comments... um, I'd be happy to post a couple of things in the show notes about prolapse and mm-hmm. um, physical therapists and definitely want to. And Rochelle's training. Yeah, Rochelle's training. Definitely going to have some podcasts on those topics coming mm-hmm. in the future. And now I'm going to go take a nap. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you.